0: Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Penoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Penoys, Justin Bradford, Matt Best. My connection's a little unstable because my internet is currently out of home and I'm on <laughs> a hot spot. So if all of a sudden I freeze and Matt takes over, that explains it right there uh yeah so we have plenty to discuss let's talk about the predators we're going to talk with nhl and covid protocol and then we'll make sure to give you the warning if you haven't seen yet we're going to talk all things spider-man no way home because we have to and there's plenty of preds pucks and pannoy's
0: yeah it's a lot Uh, of it's our it's our title today and for people watching on youtube too they can see just how laggy you are to start this video but your audio sounds good so you're okay on that front
1: that's the important part for a podcast.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> so let's just jump right in. The Nashville Predators,
1: a seven, seven, seven game win streak. It is only the fourth time in franchise history that's happened. It's unprecedented, too, just because of the situation the organization is in with eight players being on the COVID protocol list, the entire actual bench coaching staff, part of the traveling party, So they're being coached by the Milwaukee Admirals coaches of Carl Taylor, Scott Ford, and assistant general manager Scott Nickel (laughs) on the bench. It has been curious to see just because, I mean, they played a variety of teams during this this stretch. Plenty of Eastern Conference teams, now Western Conference teams as well, including Colorado Avalanche, who are very talented, but were also down players with one less player, Matt. And then they go in and win in overtime against Chicago uh, as well. So overall, just seven games in a row, especially these past two with the challenges they faced, what impresses you the most just about what they put together, given all the adversity?
0: It, I was gonna, just going to say how they battled adversary, uh, but Kyle asked me, he said, how the F is this team winning? And it just feels like it's 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% pleasure, 50% pain, and 100%. To remember that the Preds are on a seven-game win streak. It's uh, people who don't understand that song. Rappers be like, god. "What the fuck is happening right oh now?" Oh my god, um, he went there. I, I think they literally did what they had to do for each and every game, which seems like the biggest cop-out answer. Uh, <laughs> they don't start slow anymore, which is kind of weird to say about this team. They're beating the teams that you're supposed to beat. I mean, we talked about it uh, earlier last week when we talked about their game against the uh, Canadians, that they had to beat the Canadians. It wasn't super pretty, but they found a way to get it done. Uh And now you're seeing what happens when they don't run into hot goalies or hot defense when they're putting out those 40 shots a game. We said going into last week that they had to beat the Red Wings they had, or no, the Red Wings were the game that, like, they could probably lose, but then again, that was the one out of the three that they looked the most comfortable beating uh, the other teams. Uh, The Islanders game was close. That was a pure grit and battle game where I thought, is this what the Preds are actually like? And then they just made me look stupid because against the Devils, a great effort, and then (laughs) against the Avalanche, they made the Avs look silly. And I know both teams were... Down players that's without a doubt and it's a weird situation when your head coach is now carl taylor and then one of your other head coaches is an assistant gm uh i, I think who does he, have coaching experience that that's fine like, but i mean like and but you know it, yeah it's not like riding a bike where if you haven't done it in a long time you can just hop back on i'm sure there was a few things where he's like hey, how do i do this again kind of thing but then well, again, i mean he
1: coaches junior
0: hockey but yeah, it's very different from Pro. It's, yeah, it's completely <laughs> different. I mean, how many AHL coaches have we seen come up through the ranks and then just fizzle out in the NHL? Because oh, right. they're not ready oh, for right. it. Like, right. Dallas Akins wasn't ready when he first came up. But now, after more seasoning, he's great with the Ducks. I Like, you see Saros, I think, if we're going to just tack it onto one person, Saros is my MVP so far. He is elite. There are no questions about it anymore. It used to be, can Saros kind of take over, and can there be a 1A, 1B situation with Saros, but now there is no hesitation, he is the guy, he is the go-to guy, and if we look elsewhere on the team, Roman Yossi, I mean, that pass he had tonight, the nutmeg, that's just, how many defensemen in the league do you think have the know-about to know that Tanner Genoa is streaking down the lane, and the only way to get it to him is to nutmeg it? Most other defense would try to probably skate in one extra stride and pass in front of the defender. But Roman Yossi said, F you, through the legs we go. And it was fantastic. Uh, I can't even think of a weakness. Can you? No, not right now. And I mean, I just want to
1: note, especially against Colorado, the, the tick tack tape passing on a power play. Mm-hmm. And they were able to work that puck around and then get it down to Colton Sissons down low, who centered it and pass it into the – and center it and pass it into the home area to Tanner Janot to pop it in. Like, that's the kind of puck movement that we haven't seen on the power play in so long. Yeah, the power play has been good overall this season, but that right there, the puck movement to whip it around and get the goaltender out of position, that's the that's what a power play should be doing. Yeah. And we're seeing them do that. It's not just that they're long firing shots are making it in. is They're making the right moves with the puck to get players and goalies out of position because that's what the power play is all about. And there's one less player – it means you can open up lanes if you have the right puck movement. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing on the power play is cross ice passes when you have a clear passing lane or so such quick puck movement around that guys are easily out of position to open up a clear shooting lane. That's exactly what happened because Tanner Janot, even though he was being defended near the crease right in the center area, he still the goaltender, Fran, Francus, was not able to put, reposition himself from all that passing to make a play on the puck. And so that's what you want to see is these guys making passes. And then Colton Sissons, these past two games, just stepped up like he did in the Western Conference final, playing number one center role. But he's getting special, more special teams time in the power play. He's playing as a number one center. Uh, and obviously, you know the longevity is that he's not going to always be that. But for right now, while he has to, he is stepping up into that role very, very well and doing the things he needs to do, which is win faceoffs, score some goals, set his teammates up really well. Uh, another player that's standing out well right now, too, is Alex Carrier uh, against the Avalanche at two primary assists as well. And he, he, his numbers are looking fantastic right now, too. The young guys and the depth guys are showing up when the the pros or the major pros are out, the veterans are out. When you're missing Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Mikael Granlin, all those guys, I mean, that's that's a top line right there, potentially and they're out, your depth has to score, and the depth has slowly been creeping in with the Jakob Trennan, your Tanner Janot, your Ellie Tolvinen, uh getting in there. So it's like, is it perfect timing for the depth to start heating yeah. up because they had to. So we talked about it plenty of times where depth scoring was an issue, it was so top heavy. Well, now the depth is scoring, so you have that little bit of evenness out that when everybody is healthy and back in where they can play, you hope that continues because then it's gonna be really difficult to stop three rolling lines of scoring. Uh, compared to just one or two lines, one and a half lines of scoring, and then just Roman Yossi being Roman Yossi, Sosa yeah. being elite. Uh the team is is on a roll. I mean, seven in a row is almost unprecedented for the National Predators, and now they're they're only one point out of first place in the division. I did not think we'd be saying that as we approach
0: the the, the third way mark through the mm-hmm. season. <laughs> I mean what we looked at last week when we were on the show is that they were one point away from seventh place they're one point two points away from seventh place one point away from sixth while they were standing in third place and our biggest qualm was yeah philip forsberg's doing good since coming back from injury matt duchene has been on another level grandlin's been great and it's just our question was can the depth kick in and the answer was no and now the answer is yes which leads me to this question Is this team for real? And I know it seems like a kind of stupid question because you just said they are one point out at first, and then you followed it up with the ever-so-knowing phrase of it is a third way through the season. Right. And they're in arguably one of the harder divisions in hockey. Anything can change. One injury to Soros, this team plummets. I think that's super fair to say. Um, Colorado, when they get everyone back, hot streak. St. Louis, when Bennington comes back, hot streak. Winnipeg. That's a different story. because You mean Bennington who scored a goal on himself? Yeah, that Bennington. Um, Did you see Malcolm (laughs) Subban save tonight, by the way, while we're talking about goalies? I have not seen it yet, no. no. Okay, after the show, watch it. He saves it. Remember Vasilevsky, how he saved it behind his back with his glove? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Subban tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one of the only good parts of the Sabres. But, yeah, my question to you is, is this team for real? Like, the way they're playing right now, they're poised for a top-three finish in the division. That means they're going to beat out one of St. Louis, Colorado, Winnipeg, or Dallas. Mm -hmm. Dallas now, to me, isn't that much of a contender because they're 11 points back. But 11 points back means Nashville goes on a four-game losing streak. Dallas goes on a five-gamer, and it flips quickly. So a third way through the season, I guess, yeah, the question is, is this for real? So when you say for real, the way I read this is based on what our expectations were going
1: in. Yes. And how far we think they can go. For real, in terms of they figured out how to play, be competitive, they're a playoff team. That's what they are. This is a playoff team. Yes. I don't want to say they're a contender or anything like that because there's still so many question marks when it comes to that. But this team is a playoff team right now because they're playing like they deserve to be in the playoffs, That so they to be competitive. They would not get swept in a series. They can be in games. They can score timely goals. They can have timely saves. All those are the makings of what a playoff team is are, are teams that can come back. They can face adversity in overtime. They can have depth scoring, you can have elite goaltending. I don't want to put anything on a pedestal or try to pull it back, but I want to be real about it, too, is that youth can be good and youth can be bad in the playoffs. It goes both ways. Youth can be huge or youth can be a detriment to you. It's all about balance. We've talked about that so much, about balance. This team, as it stands, is way more balanced in terms of contracts and in terms of age and everything than they've been in the past, which we've talked multiple times about how you need a balance of those big contracts those middle contracts and a bunch of guys in their elcs that are performing outside their wits to have a successful playoff team they have that right now they have the makings of it right now but you can't say for real as a contender right it's way too soon for that but this is a playoff team because even in adversity they're finding ways to win and good
0: teams find ways to win this is a good team right now I they just, are a good team i just think the biggest thing surrounding the Preds right now is people will look at the standings and for lack of a better term, will get all horny that they're a point out (laughs) of being first in the central. right? Right. I mean, you look and you go, my team is number one. My team is the best. It's like, well, let's temper expectations a little bit it's not we're not poo-pooing on the team i think they finish enjoy the ride yeah enjoy the ride so you were talking about youth and like wily vets and things like that which team is more and i'll use the phrase again for real the ducks in first in the pacific with 39 points or the preds in second in the central with 39 points It it, like they're both so eerily similar in terms of how they're built. Very much. Both have stellar goaltending. John Gibson. People have been like, "Eh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's good, and he's always been good. It's just his team's been shit. Uh, I have my answer. Troy Terry (laughs) and have been great together. Sonny Milano has been fantastic. They have good Wiley vets. They have the Shattenkirk's of the world. They have those kinds Mm -hmm. of players. Cam Fowler, Drysdale. Like they have that good of a mix. And then Nashville is the same thing. They have a great mix as well. Out of these two teams, though, like, we're, if we're pulling them out of their divisions and saying which one is better than the other, if I was an NHL GM, I wouldn't want the Ducks team just because I think their youth is a little better. Well, the youth overall is a little better, but... In terms of this having... year, though, if I were to go like one team, which one goes further in the playoffs? If the playoffs start today, I take the Preds, no questions asked. I do, and I do, too. And the reason why is because of
1: experience in a deep run. Yes. Yeah. This team has veterans that have that experience that still have a chip on their shoulder of what it was like to lose in six games to the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2017. Yes. And it's just enough guys. It doesn't have to be the whole team. We saw what can happen when the whole team wants to get the band back together. Yeah. But they have enough guys that are a part of that run to be like, hmm
0: this feeling sucks yeah let's go get this shit done whereas and it's, and it's, just... and it's the leaders on the team too yeah and, and we're not so. discounting ryan gets laugh or anything either no I mean... no but the preds own ryan gets yeah well <laughs> a lot of teams own ryan gets and it's kind of sad just, now i'm just
1: i'm just saying i mean the preds own the ducks so yeah that's why i give them the
0: pass as well i like if we're going five years in the future which team do i think will be better probably the ducks Oh, okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, like when you, but, when you have that kind of talent right, to use. Yes, but I mean this year, Slugfest one on one kind of thing, which team would I take? It's the Predators, and it's for the reasons you said. Like, there is no Roman Yossi on the ducks. That like right. you can love Cam Fowler, you can love uh Drysdale, you can love those guys, but they're not Norris contenders and not even close to it. Troy Terry is just an anomaly this year that I hope continues because it's so fun watching him. Trevor egress mm-hmm. kicked his game up to the next level that I kind of wanted to see Tolvenin kick their, his Dear game God, up to. Yeah. Right. But the collaboration of the rest of the parts and pieces from the Preds equates out to like a Trevor egress, which is fine. Right. Running. Right. Yeah. yeah, totally. So let's, let's move on to NHL and cover protocol. And
1: Holy crap. Uh, what a mess it has been uh, in this. And I'll preface this with saying we're not going to get into discussing the vaccine or anything like that.
0: But what I more want to hear, and I love your Grogu mug, bro. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's awesome. That uh, is fantastic. It's so camera. cute. It has snack on this side. I love it. Attack on that side. Oh, my God. And then protect on this side. Oh, my God. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Distract me there. But what I, I mean, want to discuss... Have you seen this more... up here, too?
1: Oh, I have. Oh, trust me. I have. Golly, they're everywhere. Um, is the frustration amongst fans the teams the players and everything due to the inconsistency and the lack of planning by the league that's where i think most of it is coming from yes i see laugh reactions to everything when a postponement happens and whether you know you agree with things or not it's more of there's a lack of consistency in messaging mm-hmm. that is absolutely frustrating the shit out of everyone when we are already in a compacted schedule because the Olympics, which we don't know if the players are going to go there yet. And multiple players have put out statements of high uncertainty. These are pretty well-known players of whether they want to participate in the Olympics or not due to what could happen to them in China if they go to be taken away from their team. (laughs) So there's so much inconsistency there about the policies, the protocols, and what is going on. Obviously, we do not know who's symptomatic or asymptomatic. I mean, a majority of them, I'm assuming, overwhelming majority, are asymptomatic because of certain reasons, which is good, and that's what you want. That was the whole reason why. But still, the league has been inconsistent with what's happening to a postponement, what co- constitutes a postponement, why things get postponed. And there are still so many games that have been postponed that aren't even close to being rescheduled yet. I mean, the Predators and Senators game from last month,
0: has still not been rescheduled that's three weeks ago i feel like the plan is that they kind of saw this coming and they're going to go may is the covid month let's put all the rescheduled games in there which is going to postpone push the season back a month. and push the season back a month again and do what they did but they've already released the dates for the draft and all that so if it goes yeah. even further it, they're going to have to push that shit back too and I, arenas are filling up with other activities too that's why the
1: olympic break a lot of these arenas have filled it up with concerts and other stuff yeah,
0: i was going to say can't do shit Like, there's no work around. I I think just from, like, a Canadian perspective of things, it's a gong show here, and I don't want to dive into that. But the way Ontario is handling, like, postponements and just halving the crowd sizes for these events, is kind of effed up. We've already had our F-word cap, so I had to sound like a three-year-old there. Um, (laughs) So Leaf Games, Raptor Games... um, Yeah, Leaf Games, Raptor Games, Senators Games are all working at 50% capacity. Uh, Mm -hmm. Leaf Games, they announced, the upcoming one, they will not be serving food or drink there. So you're just going to show up and put your mask on and watch. For two and a
1: half hours?
0: Yep. So if you can't be served food or drink, they're basically going, if you take your mask off, we can kick you the hell out of here. But to me, like... I go to a game to have a drink, regardless of if it's water or a beer or a Caesar or any of that. Like, within two and a half hours of you sitting at your desk, sitting somewhere at work, you have a sip of water. They're yeah. setting themselves up for a lawsuit from a diabetic. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and what they Burn did with tickets. Else, so, I bought my dad tickets for his birthday, and we were supposed to go at the end of January. Um, they, were, they were like, okay, give us 24 hours to figure this out. So, their whole figure it out is if you bought your tickets as a season ticket holder and that's how you have your tickets good for you, you can keep it, everyone else go F yourselves, you're going to get a ticket refund, but I bought my tickets through Ticketmaster on a resale and I think I bought it from a season ticket holder and my tickets aren't gone yet, but it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest also I'd rather sell my tickets than go to a game that I can't eat or drink at
1: See, this is where it's getting ridiculous because we don't know and there's so many Calgary's already six games Yeah making up six games in a condensed season. There's so many back-to-backs. So I even said this on the Preds pregame show uh, on Friday night. Yeah, so tonight when recording on Friday after the Blackhawks game, that my concerns was coming into of not just fatigue but injury. You put all these back-to-backs and everything, and these guys don't have any time to recoup and everything, more injuries are going to happen, and then you're going to have a PA problem. And the PA is gonna get in there, uh, you know, the PA that probably should have been doing more anyways. When it
0: comes to so many things protecting his players, anyways. Well, uh, speaking of the P- so many pr- problems. Speaking of the PA, I mean, you heard what Jonathan Duran said, right? No. On francais, on francais, Franca, he was like, "I don't really feel comfortable playing against teams that have all these like COVID issues right now." And so, if one player will say that, how many other players do you think are thinking it? Well, look what Nick Cousins tweeted, right? Yeah, and, like, Nick Cousins isn't a big household name. I mean, like, if you watch hockey, you know who Nick Cousins is because he's played for different teams. You've probably seen him right. play your favorite team kind of thing. And that made huge news, like, mobile alert huge news, which is kind right. of crazy. Um, I I honestly expected a pause. That's what I thought. I Three thought, teams did. I thought, like, there was, <laughs> yeah, I thought there was going to be, like, a full season Christmas pause where yep. – January 1st or January 2nd, like around that time frame. All right, we'll go again. We'll get let everybody... get back to the Winter Classic. Right. Basically. Like, here, we'll restart with this and on our way we go. If you were the commissioner, uh, I feel like that's a heavy question. Hit me with it. If you were the commissioner, what would you have done? Like in terms of canceling games or like postponing the season so far, what would you have he- done? Here, here's my thing. It's very apparent that the message was not
1: clear about how the league is going to fully handle outbreaks and breakthrough cases. Because most of these are breakthrough cases. Because the league is, like, 98, 99% vaccinated. Yeah. So they're breakthrough cases. It was obviously not clear on that. No matter what you think about the vaccine, the league has done it. There's that. Yes. So let's get through that already. Just accept that for what it is. And now the whole point that they sold the players on was that, you get vaccinated so you can play. Okay? That's what they sold the players on to encourage them to, to get the shot and everything. Now, obviously, Matt and I are both vaccinated. We, we have our own opinions on that, too. I got my but booster taking- on Monday, or I'm going for my booster on Monday. Good for you, man. And now, if you don't agree with that, that's okay. That's fine. Okay, we're at this point. Whatever. Yeah. But they sold the league. The league sold this to the players as get vaccinated so we can have a season. The PA and the, the players like, Okay, we understand where there's plenty of players that obviously did not agree with that. But now they're postponing games for breakthrough cases. And to me, the whole point of this was that they don't have symptoms. But if they do, then they are not in there. But if they don't have symptoms, that's the whole point of you, you either play on or this the daily testing was getting me going. I'm not doing the whole thing of, we'll stop the daily testing. Mm-hmm. But they sold the league on this. Had they not done that, then we probably would have had a game-shortened season to allow more breaks in between for makeups, But they went with full 82 games just because they sort of they would pack them in and an Olympic break season pack them in and then like, oh, oh, we're going to have to make up games. There was a huge discrepancy somewhere where somebody missed the boat when it came to planning of communication with this I, because you sold the players on one thing and now it's not happening. Now you have all these postponements. Some people feeling uncomfortable, obviously, and for very good reason. And then others are just like, well, play on. So there is a huge thing that was missed between the league and the PA here that has just not been... that was not resolved before the season started. But you know what?
0: F it. We're going to do this thing. We'll, we'll figure it out when it gets there. Uh, okay. <laughs> it just... It feels like everything revolves around money. I and it does. I, and, like, I feel kind of... Not dirty saying that, but it's just like, if you're going to make your league revolve around money this much through all of your actions can you try and hide it (laughs) like a a (laughs) tiny bit like don't make it so painfully obvious that like my mom will come up to me and be like why isn't the nhl like stopping games?" because she's watching the news like when she's cooking and stuff like that and then she's like oh it's the money and i was like holy shit like you know this it's and my mom's not a big hockey fan by any means whatsoever it it just all stems around money it's like how far can we push it where we're still making income Uh but we're pissing off some people and now we're pissing Mm -hmm. off more people and now we're pissing off governments and And now we're pissing off the players and it just feels wrong. Like it feels like the NHL is just going, ha ha ha, make us money. Thanks. There are so many instances in the past
1: two years where the NHL as a league has shown their complete incompetence to take care of what needs to be taken care of to show good faith, to show that they understand or are empathetic to things, to show that they truly do want to grow the game, to show so many things, they've shown complete incompetence in so many factors that it makes you wonder, do they truly want to grow this sport? Do they truly want more fans? Do they truly want more people to be in love with this sport? Or are they happy with the status quo? I... And as long as they're making money, as long as they're kind of in the green and not in the red, that if they're in the black, if they're doing okay, because that's certainly what it seems like. They just don't, there's no care about doing the right thing all
0: the time. I feel like they kind of just went, F your feelings. We care about money this season to stay afloat. Bing bong. And it's just going to be like in a year from now, Gary Bettman will like, not, he won't come out and say this obviously, but it'd be like, well, the league's not under and I know you're all not pissed or and I know you're all pissed off, but at least we still have the NHL. And it's like, man, if the CFL can survive, the NHL can survive. After the CFL almost went under the Canadian Football League, for those who don't know what the CFL is, if the CFL can freaking survive the pandemic and all these variants in Canada where the Prime Minister is the Prime Minister and the Premier of Ontario is the Premier of Ontario, without (laughs) getting very political, (laughs) um, the NHL can survive if they do a bit of goodwill. It just feels like, I talked about, remember the name and the percentages earlier, it feels like there's... 90% 90% let's make money, and 10%, 9% let's pretend to give a shit, and then 1% I kind of give a shit. Like, that's right. how it looks like on surface value, and then because we're connected and we've dug in, we've looked at everything, and the way they've handled it, that's how it actually is. And, I mean, this goes
1: along with so many things, not just COVID, but the Blackhawks with Kyle Beach, the NHL with Kyle Beach, and with John Doe number 2, and all the bullshit around that, too. And, and what has gone on there and how it's just been a lot of us trying to be swept under so many things when it comes to um, with racial equality, so many yeah. things with with gender equality. I mean, there's so many different
0: things where the NHL has made little steps in the right direction where it's like one step forward, two steps back. Well, they did one thing right. They finally tried to set a precedent on uh, suspensions and gave Justin Spetz a six. And I was like, that's pretty good. And, and then... then they were like, you know what? You can have four. And, and like, then they, and then the
1: headline. The headline was like, Batman upholds suspension, reduces to four. Like, that's not upholding. That's not upholding.
0: That's... <laughs> like, how this works. You can uphold a suspension, but just uh, it just <laughs> they do one good thing and they're like, "How do we fuck ourselves today?" Yeah, let's 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 do this 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 and this and make ourselves look like assholes again. It's a good thing oh we're not sponsored by the NHL podcast either. Um, no, no, definitely not. I'm, it, I'm past that boat. The ship has sailed. It's just, it's mind-boggling. I mean, you compare it to other leagues that we know and love. The NFL, kind of botching it right now, postponing games for later in the week. would not you just cancel the game and do it right? Like the Browns. The poor Browns, A, already sucked because Baker Mayfield's a sieve. Um, but... They have so many players that can't play the Patriots. their running backs decimated like every team around that league. But they're all just like nah. we're still going to feel their giant ass practices and we're still going to try and spread it like those are two money hungry leagues. The NBA somehow is doing OK. And I don't get it because out of all the other sports, the NBA like you wear a jersey and shorts and shoes. The NHL, you got mm-hmm. pads, a helmet, a visor. The NFL, you got pads, helmets, you know, like you have all this equipment. The NBA is where the most transmission is, but right. the numbers don't show it, which is mind-boggling. It because also of how helps... often you're right on top of each other, exactly. Too. And it also helps that they have the best commissioner in all Big Four, in Adam Silver. That guy is mm-hmm. the goat compared to the, all the other schmucks. Baseball's on strike. We won't compare them, but it just feels like it's between the NHL and NFL of who can mismanage the league the most. I, I with the next. Collective bargaining agreement
1: comes along. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Oh boy, there are going to be so many things that I assume and hope will be brought up by the PA when it comes to how things have been dealt with. Because they're going ha- there's going to have to be so much pandemic planning for when the next thing happens, which may not be for you know during that actually C- actual CBA, but you have to prepare for it. Yeah, like the whole thing too of these teams having to play with less players than the roster allows you to have. Because of COVID protocol, because they're non-roster players, but they still count against the cap, so you're not able to call up the players that you need, and you have to play games with one or two short. What is this
0: beer league? Yeah, like like (laughs) the flexibility to go back to the big sports and how they're handling it. The NBA has a clause I completely forget what it's called where they're allowed to sign players because of how shitty the situation is. I forget what it's called, but they have that clause. That's mm-hmm. why Isaiah Thomas is part of the Lakers right now after coming out of the G League. Um, I wish I remembered the name of it. But anyways, the NHL is like pussyfooting around it and just not giving a taxi squad where they should be. Right. That should have been a thing from the start of the season. It's not like the pandemic went, we're going to leave the NHL alone now. Like gonna, we knew uh, they were going to be the like, cases. We just knew. The ta- Naturally. Naturally. <sighs> The Taxi Squad was such a good idea and it worked so well, and you didn't need to change much to it, just implement it again so this doesn't happen and you don't go, well, we gotta panic. There's another layer of, yeah, we can still play the game. Like there's that added layer of that, but without the Taxi Squad, there's nothing to fall back on and you just look like a dumbass, whereas the NBA is having this stupid clause that I can't remember the name of and it's really pissing me off. (laughs) <laughs> um, and they're allowing like players from the G League to sign on exceptions for ten days, and it's not a ten-day mm-hmm. contract. And NFL rosters are so big that it's fine. Just practice, right? But and you have a N- practice squad, but the NHL is just like, no, we're stubborn. We're not letting you do any of these fun exceptions. We're not giving you a taxi squad. And like, it's past Especially the point. when you have a farm team. It's, you have a farm team. It's past the point so now what? where they can implement a taxi squad. I think. Oh, it is. But that's where there should be there should be cap relief. Yeah, like cap relief on emergency loans. Yes. When it's an
1: emergency loan, you should have cap relief.
0: Yeah, like if I've buried a player in the minors and he's making one, let's say 2.1 on an NHL level contract kind of thing, he should be able to come up for fine if, like, Colton Sissons is your first line center kind of thing. Like, what else do you want to see where the team Mm -hmm. is hurting so much? Seven game one streak, they're not hurting that much, but you should have (laughs) these exceptions where yeah, my team needs this, let me go over the cap. I, if teams are allowed to exploit the LTIR the way they do going into the playoffs, exactly, how the hell is this not allowed right so now? Can you imagine if the Predators didn't clear cap?
1: Right? Like, like, They're they're lucky right now that they were be- being able to play with a full roster, at least through call-ups, because other teams aren't as lucky. And it's not like they shouldn't be getting punished because they're playing close to the cap. As long as they're not over the cap, they should not be punished for being a cap team, yet they are being punished for being a cap team Whereas the Predators had millions and millions of dollars of cap space, they can call guys up and it's still not hurting them because they have plenty of cap space available to play these call-ups on two-way contracts like that. So they're not getting hurt when they're under a million dollars a player. It doesn't affect them that much. But then you have other teams like a Carolina or a Colorado that they're playing within the means of the
0: cap but
1: they can't call players up to replace players that can't even play and also, because of COVID protocol.
0: At the end of the day, <laughs> we're talking about players who aren't on the NHL team for a reason. It's not mm-hmm. like you're calling up the next Austin Matthews or the next Roman Yossi. Like, that's right. not happening. we
1: Trevor Zegers in the AHL. Also, the <laughs>
0: Isaiah Thomas contract thing is called the hardship exception. The NBA oh. hardship exception. At, like, like when you have to get a license when you're younger. Yeah, it's a, it's a hardship it's it's named okay. properly, and I, I just it makes no sense that it's not in other <sighs> leagues because yeah. you don't see people clawing at Adam Silver's head. You see everyone wanting to get a piece of Batman right now. Right, well, and the thing is because it makes sense because the league's been able to continue to go on, and they're making their money. Well, I, it just makes no sense to me because, yeah, I get it. Like The TV deal is how they're going to make money too, but the Leafs are going to lose so much money by having no concessions whatsoever. You take a concessions in alcohol sales? Oh. Well, I, I any of the people in the suits in the Platinums that are mostly season ticket holders through their companies only go there to get drunk. They don't go so there so, to watch it's a social the social event, Right. And so what are they going to do? Go for the love of the game after their five o'clock meeting on Bay Street in Toronto? I don't think so. Like, that's just, that's not going to happen. They're going to go, well, I don't care. And then their capacity is going to be slightly lower than it should be because they won't technically sell out. It's, right. uh, I don't know we could sum up the last 15 minutes of this talk with it's a shit show it is a shit show
1: we just had to vent a little
0: bit yeah just had, to, had to get out there
1: okay folks so at this point you probably want to turn this off and come back if, unless you've seen spider-man no way home which it's only been out now for two days <laughs> so but we, we have to talk about it while it's fresh so at this point spoiler alert there are like spoilers coming many times there's are so many spoilers coming. We are going to talk in depth about Spider-Man no, uh, no Way Home right now. So bookmark this. Come back after you see the movie to listen to our discussion. And then even if this is like a week, two weeks, three weeks after that you finally see the movie, Kyle, then make sure you tweet us or message us, especially message us, so you don't tweet out spoilers. Uh, And we're more than happy to discuss Mm -hmm. uh, what we're talking about here. So don't feel like if you haven't listened to this immediately that you have to wait a few weeks before you see it, Kyle, that (laughs) you can message us later to discuss this. Okay, Kyle.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) When is he supposed to go see it? Well he, he, because of a
1: job and kids, he just he has no way to see it in the next couple weeks. Sucker. Schedule, and I hate it for him. I truly hate it for him. <laughs> oh. I hate it. So I I hope somehow he can find a way to see it. I like, Do I need to come up there and steal you and take the movies <laughs> like you find a way something for my kids?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just we'll give him a tablet. Kids like tablets. They can just kids sit, like on,
1: tablets. They can sit like on that for a couple hours. But spoiler alert. Again, spoiler alert. Spider Man No Way Home. Mr. Best. First of all, I want to start off. We got some Pinoy pride. Man, I was in Spider-Man. so
0: fired up over that. It was and it it was accurate, which was freaky as shit. Oh yeah. When she was like, "Can you clean the cobwebs up in the corner?" I was like, "No way." I was like, <laughs> someone on this production team is definitely Filipino and definitely no knew what they were doing because we got Tagalog spoken in a Spider-Man movie. It was incredible. The only thing I wish is that no, I mean, subtil- subtitles Subtitles would have taken it away because when Ned was like relaying it back, that's kind of what made, made it more funny. Fun. Yeah. But I understood like parts and pieces, so I'd have Same. a little like, huh, <laughs> right before everyone else laughed. But he, and, but he said Lola, and that's what I'm like, oh. Yeah. So I, well, I didn't know. Ned is Filipino, like in real life, I forget his name, his real name. Jacob Adelon, yeah. But yeah, he is full Filipino, and like, yeah. he's from Hawaii. I just, they never referenced it. In any of right. the other Spider-Man actual thing, so right. I, when this happened, he lives with his grandmother. yes, and they could have easily made him Hawaiian. They could have easily just made him any kind of like island Asian, right, right for the plot hole. Right. But they kept him as Filipino, and I thought that was cool shit. It was, it was really cool to see like our culture in Marvel again. Yeah, and actual the actual language being spoken too that we don't even know fully. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I look like an asshole when I try and speak it, but. It's that was that was so cool. And like, did you notice that the house was decorated like a typical Filipino house as well? Oh, yes. Like the cabinet there with all like the little knickknacks inside, like the jewelries and things like that. Actually,
1: I'm going to see it again tomorrow morning and I'm going to pay more attention now because that was just an information overload. I want to see if there's a a wooden spoon or fork on the wall. I bet you there is. There's got to be, especially if there's someone that's in the production crew. That knows filipino culture there's got to be more of those little things i mean yeah on the set there that i want to pay. that's why i go see movies multiple times so... and experience them in different formats is so i can find the little details
0: so we came out of uh i dragged my girlfriend to see it i forced her to watch she says i didn't force her but i know i did uh i forced her to watch <laughs> the two previous tom Holland and spider-mans the night before mm-hmm. and at the end of the co- at concert at the end of the show I was like, did you listen to the last podcast where I kind of made fun of Justin for going to see a movie several times, like 10 plus times? She's like, yeah. I was like, I would definitely see this movie again and again. Like, this is the one movie that I've seen recently that I have the inkling to go, yeah, go Mm -hmm. see that again. Just because because, like you said, there's there's so many things. Now that I know what's coming in the movie kind of thing, it's like are there hints before it that I can pick up on? Or like you totally. said, with the, with Lola's house, are there like little knickknacks and like the wooden spoon and things like that, that I can go look for. That's like, I want to be a super sleuth when I go now this time. Yeah.
1: There's going to be so many Easter eggs in it. So let's kind of just start from, I want to say from the top. Cause we're going to jump around, but the things that stuck out to me and you know, I get full nerd with this, this movie finally gave us a coming of age for Tom Holland, Spider-Man Whereas in Toby's and Andrew's, their coming of age started really early. Whereas Toby's was with Uncle Ben's death and having to make choices and everything too. And even Green Goblin being killed in that first movie as well with him and him being blamed by Harry, Spider-Man mm-hmm. being blamed. And then Andrew Garfield's version, finding about more truth about his parents. And then Gwen Stacy dying and he could not save her and everything. We hadn't had that. We had Iron Man dying, but that's a little different because he was a dad-like mentor to Tom's Spider-Man, but even though there was love there, it was not the same as losing Aunt May, who I had an inkling we're gonna, someone's gonna die. Like, there had to be a death in this film, and it was either gonna be Aunt May, Happy, MJ, or Ned. One of those four was going to die. But they did it, I think, the right way to give more connection to the other two Spider-Man yeah. because the character arc was needed for him to develop to make hard choices, for him to come of age and to grow up. Because he has been that helpless kid a little bit to where he's just a little nerdy, and we got a little bit more nerd and Far From Home when he's designing a suit and everything, and we talk about the multiverse and stuff like that, and the first interaction with, with um, Mysterio. But here we got to fully see him come into his own as Peter Parker, the extremely intelligent human. Yeah, And in that character arc, with the loss of Aunt May and getting all those different things, the interaction with the other Spider-Man and hearing their differences, and even having to make the difficult choice at the end to for Doctor Strange to cast that spell, we finally saw him come of age to where it sets it up for the next trilogy so well that we can get back to the story of Spider-Man and not him being an Avenger or being the new face of the Avengers. It's going to be Spider-Man stories leading up to the next big battle more than anything else. I know it's kind of covering broadly before I hand it back to you, Matt. But that's what I enjoyed, I think, the most was the character writing and the development because we got to see him develop more with MJ, with Ned. They got their screen time as well. Yeah. Their scene stealing parts in there. We got to see great chemistry with him and Zendaya's MJ, uh, which is fantastic. And even just his interaction with the different villains. We got to see each of the other two Spider Man get their redemptions as well by helping to save Mr. Osborne and. Helping for Andrew Garfield Spider-Man to save MJ when she was falling, unlike he was not able to do with Gwen <laughs> Stacy. And the, the emotion in that as well was fantastic.
0: As soon as Andrew Garfield like finally appeared, and I thought of the trailer immediately of mm-hmm. like the scene where Tom Holland's trying to save MJ. And I was like, mm-hmm. he ain't saving her.
1: No. I was like, that's Andrew, Andrew
0: Garfield that's gonna get to do that. I, mm-hmm. I just out of the four people that you listed that you were like one of them's going to die. I definitely didn't think it was going to be MJ at all. I didn't right. think they were going to kill Ned because I don't feel like that was as impactful as right. killing like your aunt kind of thing. So when that it scene happened, BNA. when that scene happened, I was like, "Oh, she's dying." I was like, that's that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. It just it feels different this trilogy compared to the garfield saga and compared to the toby saga because in the first uh spider-man with toby you get mj right off the bat like this is her this is his love interest and this is the focus of the movie go on Mm -hmm. the first out of the three with tom holland you don't get zendaya until like the very end pretty much like she's there as a side character yeah it's like oh who is this and you get like oh my friends call me mj it's like Oh, I see. It builds to her, and then I think like the one point that you touched on that I think was the most important part of this whole movie was that MJ and Ned actually got to grow as characters, and they actually got to not only have like fun and witty lines and things like that, but actually were able to impact the MCU. Like, yeah, they had they had a role, right? Like they had they had a major role in they had to go to what was the university that they were trying or MIT. The college MIT I was gonna say yeah. MCU that's the only an- or acronym <laughs> stuck in my head that they were trying to go to MIT and that their decisions like their persons themselves are affecting Spider-Man and how he has to go and like that affects the whole movie it's just it uh it was good like there's no flaws from the onset that I can think of
1: no it's it's one of those films that lived up and beyond its hype and you don't get that that often no like you really
0: don't like there's so much hype for this film and it has lived up to it the the all the (laughs) villains showed up doc ock finally had like oh yeah he finally had his nice moment of I'm trying to save people again. Like in Spider-Man 2, he got his yeah. moment of like, oh no, but, what have I done? I'm a bad but guy. Full redemption. But now full he redemption. gets his full like, hey, screw yeah. you moments. And it's like, that's kick ass. And then even
1: the glow up with Electro and Jamie Foxx being able to play on his dark humor a little bit more too. That was the but, black but, Spider-Man was
0: joke was one of the funniest things. Oh the movie. yeah. I oh was... yeah. Which is a
1: little tease to Miles Morales potentially. Yes. Uh, popping up. But then in terms of villains, Willem Dafoe, it, we we knew in Tobey Maguire's first Spider-Man the, the Green Goblin and how he was a good villain, but in this one where he did not wear the mask and you see his face so good through it and the the Jekyll and Hyde type of switches that he had, it made him a fantastic villain because he was creepy. He was evil. He had full evil intents. And um, what was it? Oh gosh, he's on sabbatical, honey. That, oh yeah. <laughs> that line. yeah. Oh my God. Like there were, it was good writing as well because you had some, there's cheese, but it wasn't overly cheesy. Like I, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man were fine for its time. They were good for its time Yeah. on everything, but this took it to a new level with new technology and everything as well. And I love how throughout this, with the references, before we even get to the memes of pop culture, that there was an understanding of how those movies took place when they did because of how many things changed so we talk about the suits and about the technology and about and where electra- the web
0: is coming from or where the
1: web's coming from and electro being to talk about how there's even more power in this universe because the city's bigger and there's different things that create more energy and power and stuff that he sensed that as well. Um, so it was just one of those things too, that, they're fully aware of so many different things that people would be questioning and i'm sure once we get more and more into it there's people are going to find little plot holes here and there which is just going to happen with a movie that brings in this much from so many different areas but overall this is a near perfect superhero movie with the full character arcs with how you got emotional with it as well and i think this is one of those films too that it can stand on its own um, from from even the other Spider-Man movies that there's going to be plenty. Of, this is the kind of movie that's going to draw people in that have not seen other MCU movies. Maybe they've seen the Spider-Man movies or maybe they saw the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man or maybe they saw the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and they want to see what this one is like. They're going to have seen those and come in on its own and not be an MCU overall fan and that's fine. That's what's going to make this funny and that's people we're going to get interested and connected to because it did a fantastic job of bringing those characters back to life and then addressing so many things like Andrew Garfield in acknowledging how shitty his movies were basically. That was amazing. And then making fun of that with the villains like, and everything too. And
0: with Toby Maguire being like, You're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. I was laughing so oh, hard. Man. And like not a lot of people were giggling at that part. And I was like, Oh god. Why aren't you giggling? I was like, the reference like, clearly on. how shitty that two series were that those two movies were.
1: And and the awkwardness with Ned when Toby told him that his best friend tried to kill him. Yeah, and he's and like, died in his hands. He just runs away from the chair. He's like, okay, and just gets out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's so many, and we even got the point meme. The three guys pointing at each other. Ah, okay. So where, when was that? When they were in the lab, and Ned says, "Hey, Peter." Hey, and the, okay, I didn't catch. And they're all just like pointing at each
0: other. So it very I minor. I didn't see it's the like point. I just heard like the yes me who me, and then. At the yeah, end, and like at, each other. at the end credits, like so, you know, that animated thing that they played so yeah. at the end, there was the pointing, like direct pointing meme during that. And I was right. like, there it is. So I didn't see but, it. That's why I no, watch if, it again. That's why I like the subtle claps to pop
1: culture and memes and everything, too, because they included things we wanted. We got fan service without it being shoved down our throats. Yes. And that's what was important. Like the great power comes with great responsibility. That's fan service, but it was important for the story yeah for... because of how it was delivered because when you saw toby's reaction to hearing that it's like uncle ben said that right before he died
0: yeah and that was for like tom holland to understand like every spider-man has this like oh shit moment in their spider-man lives where With someone great dies yeah. yeah yeah um and it makes you who you are and so
1: those those types of fan service moments are perfect because it gives us what we wanted and needed but it helps drive the story it's not fan service for the sake of fan service. That's what I think people get tired of is when movies are just put in fan service because like, oh, we need to do this for the nostalgia. But each one of these things drove it home for the coming of age of Tom and Spidey. That's why those things were so important uh, be- because he needed those things. He needed to be forced to make a decision and that's what I thoroughly enjoyed about so much of it too. And then, oh gosh, there's so much uh, within this too that, that I, I don't know I want to discuss, but Let's go to the whole part with when the universe is breaking, Doctor Doctor Strange is on top of the Statue of Liberty. And you see the multiverse trying to break in. And there are some silhouettes of characters that we see. Rhino, I know, is one of them. Yeah. Rhino sure is Black the easy hat. one. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you see some of these silhouettes. And I'm like, that's where I was hoping, where we talked about what the big surprise might be. I was hoping we might see like an X-Men or Fantastic Four. Yeah. We didn't get that. I'm totally okay with that. But that's that's where it would have been, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that was great too because it shows there's so much else that could go on with it, and then to the end, the mid-credit scene first.
0: Oh, with uh, with Venom. Venom, yes. And you know where the bartender's from? From um, um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yes. And I wore a Ted Lasso shirt last night to me? the movies. Like it's the it's a goldfish shirt. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And like during the mid-credit scene, I leaned over to my girlfriend, I was like, He's from Ted Lasso. Like without explaining like who Venom was or anything. And she's like, I didn't get that. I was like, okay, let me explain it. And I explained it and I was just way too fired up that the guy from Ted Lasso was there. So what was great about this mid-credit scene
1: too was we get the obvious little leftover particle of symbiote mm-hmm. left on the counter. But it also means that the MCU does not have to be tied to Tom Hardy. Like they basically leave it open to where Venom can exist with Tom Hardy, which is good because who knows if Tom Hardy wanted to play this role for that much longer, even though he makes a fantastic voice of Venom because he is the voice of Venom yeah. in it. But it makes it to where they can still explore the Venom verse in its own path while also introduced into the MCU because of it. And that's what's perfect with having a multiverse. You can keep it within Earth 616 by having a variant leave a part of him but himself behind mm-hmm. which is great and so that was a nice little tease to what could happen there um then before we go back to something i just remembered as well then the end credit i this i'm so glad they went this direction that it That's wasn't cam dope. gumpy i went with cam gumpy uh, and his wife and alex obviously came with me and when we're talking through the credits he's like oh let's give me some one of those like like little one-off jokes it's gonna be a joke like the shawarma
0: from the original avengers yeah yeah
1: yeah one of those things and uh nope we all of a sudden got a whole rehash of everything doctor strange and then we got a fucking trailer like
0: a full trailer not even like a teaser coming soon like <laughs> we got a whole one conversation here trailer. one conversation there it was like a legit trailer and i was like oh my god this is this is so good and People just cheered when wanted to hit the screen oh yeah <laughs> everyone lost their mind when okay How do you feel about people cheering at the movies? Okay. On opening weekend, especially,
1: I go because I want to react with other people that are huge fans of things. I enjoy natural reactions, as long as we're not drawn out. Okay. Because I want moments to be a surprise. And it's like a, oh, like you hear, it's like a natural reaction. It's not tremendous applause or anything like that, but it's a natural reaction. I love that because you're experiencing something collectively as a whole, like in sports. Okay, just like in sports, when you hear that crowd, like, warming up because something big might happen and then a goal happens, you feel that roar coming and you just feel the hairs on your skin start standing up a little bit. Your spidey tingle is going. (laughs) Your peter tingle. Your peter tingle going. That's what I enjoy, those moments, and I cannot wait to be in the theater tomorrow when I know what's going to happen and hear other people react to it. That gives me warm fuzzies. Like, that's... Truly into the movie, and it means that much to them.
0: Yes, I think that's fine, but I think there's also a line where you're just obnoxious as hell.
1: Yeah,
0: there is. And it's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, you can cheer. That's, I don't care. I'm not trying to gatekeep people at right. the movies, anyways. But, like, if your reaction is to say two full sentences as loud as you can, shut the yeah, fuck no, no, up. Yeah, no, no, no. No, like, just reactions. Quick like, reactions. There was a person a row behind us, and when Andrew Garfield appeared, She was like, oh, I'm going to pee my pants. And everyone thought that was funny. And then because everyone laughed the first time, every other time something big happened, she would say that. And I was like, shut up, like cheer and enjoy it for a quick second. But we don't need your like behind the scenes DVD looks at what you're going on with right now.
1: Yeah, I think I said, oh, shit, once. But everybody else yeah. around me, I, forget, I forgot what moment it was. It was like, oh
0: shit. Yeah. <laughs> or
1: the or when when they opened the portal and they said, Peter. And we knew because the suit that it was Andrew Garfield's. Yeah. I went, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. Like, and because everybody was like, that's where it's good to go in those moments too, because everyone's there. Yeah. They want to be surprised. They don't want to spoil. You want to have that reaction, like with Endgame, when Captain America picked up Mjolnir, when Sam said, on your left when those things happen, those are those moments that everybody's waiting for and cheering for and wanting to experience together. That's what I miss about the movies is collectively experiencing that. But the Doctor Strange trailer makes it to where you probably need to watch What If. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I just, for people who haven't seen What If and haven't seen WandaVision, then they're screwed and have to watch a lot of TV real quick. But I feel like all I need to really watch is What If right now and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean Loki, you'll need to watch for Ant Man in eighteen months. Um, Jesus Christ, yeah, <laughs> I know it's already film- finished filming, and it still is eighteen months before it's released.
0: That's why they're so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the other thing I forgot to mention was we got a freaking Daredevil sighting in the first ten
0: minutes of the movie. That was awesome. Like, uh, and then he just go when he catches the brick. I'm a really good lawyer. Yeah, I, I thought that was <laughs> incredible. Um, I-, I knew, like you knew for a fact. That he was gonna be in it after we heard like he'll reprise his role in any upcoming thing, blah 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 blah. I was like, Mm. so he's in Spider Man, and then he shows up. I was like, he's in Spider Man. I thought that was one of the more cool crossovers. Oh yeah, have you watched Hawkeye yet? Are you up to date on Hawkeye? No, never mind. Okay, so, (laughs) um, I have to blow my nose, by the way, which the listener won't hear, but you will. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is gonna be fantastic.
1: So one of the things that made me the most sad was for happy. And I know that's a weird saying happy and sad at the same time. But think of the tremendous loss that dude has had in the past couple of years. And it's different because Iron Man to him was more like a brother mm-hmm. with how that was. And then you lose the woman you love. That you're infatuated with like that the one you had a fling with according to may. A fling, right but still i mean they played that off well there was obviously feelings there and more there but i felt so bad for happy
0: because he doesn't have anybody now he has no peter because he doesn't have peter he has he doesn't know peter he has the avengers that's it but now the questions arrive
1: arise that so if he was at may's grave
0: how did he know may Oh. Okay, so, well, when Doctor Strange did the spell at the end, it was so everyone didn't know Peter Parker, right? They didn't know Peter Parker or Peter Parker as Spider-Man, so that has to be the storyline of, well,
1: they knew Spider-Man, and Spider-Man himself still did those appearances at Feast. Right. But no one ever knew his identity. Right. So that's going to have to be the main story as well. Plus, is that spell only applicable on Earth?
0: Or is that a universal? That's where I think spell. the loophole is, because I, I, I don't know. I it's, that's that's what I, I it's just Fury, Furies in space. He's gonna remember who he is. You why would, think, would they? Oh, the why Guardians would they, is- it? Just feels like why would they mention that Furies in space without that having implications? Because we've talked about this before. Marvel doesn't let lines go in that mean jack shit unless they're exactly. jokes, right? So right. that's why I think Nick Fury will know. Um, or Captain Marvel? I was about to say Captain Marvel will know, like... A the few Guardians be, of the Galaxy? People will know who he is. And they'll be like, hey, remember this guy? And, like, my only thing is, like, maybe someone has a picture of him without his mask on and can be like, hey, look. And that's, that's the only maybe. thing I can think of. The, it leaves maybe. it open to interpretation, which is what's so cool about these movies. But... Someone, remember, we're gonna just, someone remembers him.
1: And now it's going to be a, probably I'd say at least two to three years.
0: Oh.
1: At least, uh, probably three years before we get another one. Because they're going to explore some other avenues, obviously, too. Yeah. And it also begs the question does that mean it's we're done with Jacob Batalon and Zendaya in Spider-Man? Because be the, way the way he leaves I, that, way he leaves I it's understanding that he could go on and just you know let them live their lives but the on-screen chemistry between those three but especially Tom and Zendaya yes they're dating in real life right now woo but the chemistry was definitely there they worked very well together and i think because the, the casting worked so well because it's it's fantastic to me how well those two especially can play teenagers compared yeah. to especially
0: Toby and Kirsten well I mean when they were in it it's still kind of weird like rewatching the first of the three spider-man movies it was like am I supposed to really believe that he's in high school like some, exactly some of them it's like I can like Betty I could believe is in high school flash I could yeah. believe is in high school Ned I could believe is in high school uh MJ I could believe is in high school and then I look at Peter Parker I'm like you're not in high school like that's a but still he's pretty young yeah, yeah, he's young, but one. he also like. I just think of me in like grade ten or eleven or twelve, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, you look awkward. Yeah, I was like, That's not what I looked like. Right.
1: So, but now we're now now the storylines we're going to potentially explore are those nice friendly neighborhood Spider-Man ones. That's that's what I'm looking forward to now in the next trilogy. And there he's going to apparently be in at least one more crossover. Okay. So we'll see what that one is. Uh, but it's it, I like how they kind of bring it back to New York. Yes. Uh, in the end where he has to be on his own, figure stuff out on his own. He's he's going to he's going to grow into himself and
0: also, I mean, you saw that he's going to study for the GED, take that and then go to university. Well, he's tried to do the on his own thing before. Remember when he rejected right. uh Stark suit at the press conference thing? Right. And he's right. like I'm going to do my own thing and just go be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and now it feels like full circle he can actually be friendly neighborhood actually, Spider-Man because he doesn't have anyone. Yeah. Like, literally. Does he, not have anyone. He has his suit now, and that's that's what he's got. I love how I was like, Brent's doing the first of the month. Did you also was, notice how that apartment looks so freakishly similar to the Tobey Maguire apartments? Yes, yes, absolutely. All I was it waiting was, for was the girl outside with cookies.
1: I know, I know, man. Especially because I just watched all the previous five movies in right. the past like ten days just to prepare. So all those little things were fresh in my mind, but yeah, I I can't say enough how well it was done because Andrew and Toby were not just cameos. They played a role in the story, and that's what was yes. important. A cameo would have been fun, but it would would have been like, "Well, I wish I had more." No, I got what I wanted. Yes. We it, got what we wanted with this.
0: Like I like you said, I would have been cool like at the end if they swooped in when the universes were breaking kind of thing and they swooped in and were like, "Hey, let's help." Like that would've been good but the way yeah. they did it to let them like have their humor moments to let yes. them have their redemption stories for each of them. That was so good. Uh, we were talking about, uh, Willem Dafoe earlier. Did you know that he said that if they didn't let him do his own stunts, he wasn't going to yep. do it. Yep. He, that's crazy. Like that's in his, like upper sixties. He's kick ass. He is so yeah. good. And like all the subtle nuances that connected the movies together again, where Tom Holland's trying to kill him with the glider mm-hmm. That impaled him previously. Yep. I was like, yep. "That's cool shit too." It, it was yep. so good to me. Where do you rank this out of all the MCU movies and series that you've seen? And I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say, "Let me go watch it again." And I no, know no no, no 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 no. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna give you an answer. Before I get to that, how
1: funny was it when they're like, "We've never worked as a team," and Tom's like, "I have. I was, I was part of the Avengers." Oh,
0: room. that's great. What is that? Uh, who are the Avengers? you in a band? Are you in a band? Yeah. In a band? I, was he in a band? I, I got a band. good chuckle at that.
1: <laughs> oh, that was great. Because it, it acknowledges, too, that they couldn't do anything else yeah. with other Avengers characters because of Sony. Yeah. With the rights and everything. That was great. Okay.
0: Oh, he has to have a Here, sip of water before he gives her. All right. Well, no, no, no. Okay. This
1: is what I have to switch because there's so many Marvel movies and TV series now. I cannot give a number ranking. I really cannot. Come because... on. No, 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 no. But, but there's a reason. I need to start doing tiers. Okay. Give me... movie. Oh, ooh. Okay. Hold on. But, you, but do you see, but you see what I'm saying? There's going to be tier status because it's going to be so difficult to actually find a difference between when you have over 25 movies and TV series. It's going to be tough to find a difference between one and five. They'll start to trail off near the end but if I think we start doing tier rankings, it's going to be much better and more fair for argument purposes. Because is somebody really going to
0: argue with someone between one and two? I'm uh I'm try I pulled up a tier maker, and I'm going to screen share for the viewer if you're on YouTube, and you're going to go through this list. And oh my gonna... God! Live? Yes. That's the best way to do it. Hold on. Display capture. Oh no, I can't do that. I'll just do your tier list. Here and I'll give you it's S A B C D. Okay?
1: So like hold S on. is
0: like super tier. Here, I'll send you this link. We're doing this live. Why can't we just why can't we just do one, two, three, and four? We're doing it live. <laughs> okay, Bill. We're doing it live. Um All right, you got the tier maker up? Oh god,
1: hold on, hold on. Oh, I gotta get the list of everything first. Uh, click.
0: Oh no, I, I, I sent it to you. We're good, we're good. You should have like three rows and then the last row has four on it. Oh, oh, you do it already even has the movies in here too. Yeah, yeah, you just click and drag them. Oh. So the gosh, first one for okay. you is Ant-Man and the Wasp, second one's Ant-Man, right? Like looking yes, at the same yes. one. Okay. You don't have to do it in that order and we don't have to do the whole list. I just need you to get I at least need to know your S tier and D tier. Okay. Okay. Uh, hold on, I'm having to squint. This is pretty Pretty small here on the screen. Control, <laughs> control scroll
1: wheel, my friend. Well, no, I. There we go. Okay, hold on. Okay, got it now. I'm on a Mac. Um, getting there. Do you see this happening on my screen? No. Like, gives us something that shares
0: with. Oh, okay. We also can't screen share, or we'll mess up the video.
1: <laughs> well,
0: shoot. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna follow so, along with you, and then audio, we're fine. Okay,
1: so. My my S tier, which is tier one right now. Obviously, I have Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. I have Shang-Chi. Okay. I have... Um. Hold on. I got to find it first before I can pop it in there. Dear God, where is it? What are you looking for? Wait. I'm looking for Captain America and Winter
0: Soldier. That is... There it is. I found first it. row, okay. yeah. Okay. So, okay. Captain America
1: and Winter Soldier... then captain america civil war that's s tier as well that's s tier as well and i have hold on Uh, black panther Ooh. is it s tier and then i can't find black panther i know it's like it doesn't it's not like in um alphabetical order that
0: i thought it would be yeah so oh there it is okay okay you've got five movies in your s tier
1: yeah hold on
0: Hold on, if okay. My D. Th- put... let, me, let me jump down
1: to D. Okay, tier. so say
0: if you put all the movies in S tier, I'm going to scream. No. So D, which is be the
1: bottom tier, I have Iron Man three. That's fun. Avenger... Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel.
0: Then I need to find Thor: The Dark World here. Uh, if there was an F tier, I'd put Thor in the Dark World there. Dark
1: World. Um, and then let's see. Then let's, oh, and Hulk goes down there as well. Then into my C tier,
0: I'm going to put Ant-Man and the Wasp. Fair. And I'll put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That This is the only time where we've disagreed is there. Okay, okay. I would throw that um, B tier. I'm also going
1: to put four in C. That's fair. Uh, and then I'm going to put Iron Man 2 in C as well. Yep. Then let's go to um, my B tier. Obviously, I'm leaving some out that I'm going to have to fill in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, Captain America, First Avenger will go in there.
0: Um, let's see. Guardians of the Galaxy is going to go in B. You know what I'm amazed at so far? What? That you haven't put Endgame in S tier. Well, I'm, I'm waiting. Hold on. Um, Eternals is going into C.
1: Eternals into C. Okay. For Ragnarok's going into. A tier. Okay. That's fair. Um, I like that. Black Widow is going to go into C tier. Okay. Uh the first
0: Iron Man is going to go into A tier. Yes. Thank you. I was very worried about <laughs> that one. There's a, so the, the remaining ones on this list, I'm very intrigued. So <laughs> Doctor Strange is going to go into B? Really? It's I thought you were going to A or S tier it. For Doctor Strange? Yeah, Fizzy's so important and that one kind of like sets up his origin story. He is. It's a
1: good movie, but it's like it doesn't have me go, whoa, as much
0: in terms of what the implications of everything.
1: Ant-Man is also going to go into B. Fair. Then let's see. Spider-Man Homecoming is going to go into hmm, B. Spider-Man Far From Home goes into A. That's then, exactly how
0: I ranked those 3 movies too, by the way. Okay, that's like, yeah, that's totally Homecoming to me was eh far from home okay. was Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Did I already say I put I
1: told you to put Infinity War in A, right? Uh no, nope, you did now. Okay. I have Endgame in S. Thank you. Here's what's here's what's interesting. Overall, in terms of better movie, Infinity War is a better movie than Endgame. But Endgame has better moments that made me realize, holy crap, I love the Avengers.
0: Yes, because it has all the implications that get yeah, bottled that, up. Does that explain myself yes, well? Yes, yes, yes.
1: That's the reason why it's that why those two are different. Okay, now Avengers One is going to go into A tier. Okay, and now we're down to TV series.
0: Oh Hopefully. shit! I just realized that's how you did it. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah i did it for a reason it's evening out really well yeah I you've mean... got six five five six five so you're yeah. not a biased monster going everything is s tier no you come on man That's me <laughs> i know uh
1: let's see uh, what if is gonna go into c because the first episode was just really weak for me that's the only um, one
0: even... out of this whole list that i haven't seen
1: Okay, it's really good. I do enjoy it. It's just that it it, it took some getting into. Um, oh, and Oh
0: uh, Yes. Um, Let's see. WandaVision is going to go in my A. Okay, that's surprising. I thought that was going to go S. I thought one of WandaVision or Loki is going S tier. Okay. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is going into B. Yep. Let's see. Um, do Hawkeye. Loki. Do Hawkeye.
1: Let me go Loki.
0: No, because okay. I, 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 I want to guess where Loki is. Okay. Well,
1: this is without seeing the the final episode, obviously, because they're not come out yet. Hawkeye's going into A.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Where is Loki? Loki's going into S. Thank you. Okay. That's all I really gave a shit about. And it's
1: all pretty even. I have. Wow. I think
0: I did a pretty good job of tears. I'm proud of you. I'm not even being facetious. I am proud of you because I definitely thought you were going to overload S tier come on but man I'm a
1: fanboy but I'm not ridiculous I'm trying to see if
0: there's anything <laughs> I strongly disagree with like out of all these I know Jeremy Gover
1: has Age of Ultron in like his top 5 Age of Ultron's fun it is fun but in terms of overall movies and stuff it, yeah it's, it could be better um, there is, has this moment like James Bader voiced in it
0: I love the only thing Vision to life everything's cool, but yeah. The only thing I'd change is I'd move Doctor Strange to A. Okay. um, That's totally fair. I'd probably put Thor Ragnarok as an S. I'd probably okay. bump Captain America and Winter Soldier down to A in its place. Okay, see, I'm a, I'm a Captain America fanboy. Like, yes, I, love I, I America, can tell. <laughs> so you can tell, yeah. Yeah, but D tier, I have zero issues. Captain Marvel, I could slot up to see if I really wanted to. Sure, but yeah. You gotta be a D tier movie for us. Uh Iron Man two was okay. I that's why it's a C. Guardians of the Galaxy I slot up to an A. Both of them go to A for me. I okay. like I just okay. I love those movies. They incorporate so I much do too. of like I love the the first Guardians of the Galaxy, especially. It's just when I start putting them against other ones, it makes it very difficult. Oh for sure. I, I just it think it really does out of a lot of them, like the base soundtrack, not including like your scores and things like that. Guardians of the Galaxy crushes Mm -hmm. it. Like out of all of them. Oh yeah. Especially the soundtrack. Yes. But not scores and things like that. Like that's totally different. And I don't, I won't even pretend to talk about what I, or talk that I know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to scores.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I feel like I'm pretty fair with how I've ranked these things. It has a little bit of my bias in it, but I try to take into account the story what it means to the MCU, what it meant for movie making in general, what it meant for having some representation as well, especially Shang-Chi and Black Panther, yeah. and just overall what it meant to so many different types of fans, what it meant for those characters, the types of arcs they had in there, how much there, how much implication there was to the character itself put within those films too, what it meant for character development, story development, and plot, and writing. All that goes in my head of how I rank these.
0: Yeah, I, I think you did... And, A damn and fair I, and I think, job. I think,
1: I think so many people do, but they can't put it into words what
0: they do. Yes. Like, no, I you... think
1: you did the exact same thing as I did, but I'm putting into
0: words what was going through your head. Yeah, and because it hurts for me to talk, I'm glad you did that. Um, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll screen cap this and I will attach it as part of our tweets to promo it too. Okay. And I'm gonna tell I'll me you to that on the show too. right now, but I could have told you that after. But yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I for a, about go, for about the last ten minutes, I kind of forgot we were recording. I know. <laughs> I was like, just rank these movies for me.
1: Get it over with. Well, be interesting to see how people live react when they're listening. And they tweet us yes. and everything too, as we're kind of as I'm kind of going through the motions of this too. But folks, let us know. I mean, go to this thing, um, Matt. Make sure you put this link in there as well. Yep. So people can create their own and share it with us. I'd love to see how people rank it. And here's the thing. No one's... I'm, I'm going to make fun of some things. Like, I'll make fun sure of Gover go because that's a complete jump where I think most people put Age of Ultron near the bottom. It's going to be the worst. And his at the very top of his yeah. list. But I, I think overall, most Marvel fans will agree in some form or fashion of the overall ranking kind of thing. That's why I love Tears. But so you can see why Tears with all these different shows and movies is starting to make more sense because there's so many. It's so difficult to say,
0: these three, what
1: are the differences and why is one through three the difference?
0: Yeah. Let's... So No, I, I I would have given you much more shit if you either had, like, two S-tier movies and then a bunch of, like, A's, B's, and C's, or if you did, like, right. nine S-tiers and no D's, and you're like, Marvel's the best. I'm like, shut up. Right. Well, uh, what I do, too, is I start thinking of which ones do I go back to and watch
1: the most. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, yeah, I'll, if it's a Marvel movie, I'm going to watch it. If it's on, I'm, I'm watching it. But which ones am I actively going to watch more
0: of? Man, seeing and... all of these laid out, though, that's a lot. And they're all connected. That's crazy to me. Kevin Feige. Yeah, baby. Like, you think about it, it's like, yeah, the MCU is connected. But once you see all the movie posters in front of you and the, like, TV posters, mm-hmm. it's kind of wild. hmm 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 So, there we have it. And
1: I love how they're including the TV shows. It's very important. Mm-hmm. So all right, folks. Well, there you have it. Let us know. Tweet us. He's at best of matt I'm at Justin B. Bradford. Triple P podcast underscore. Let us know your thoughts on everything we discussed the show, whether it's from predators and their wind streak to the NHL and their COVID protocol and the silliness going on there with the inconsistencies to Spider Man, No Way Home. Make sure you message us that. You can put both of us in a group message if you want to, but please do not tweet spoilers. Please, please, please yes. wait two weeks. Where we start putting that into feeds. Um, Give the same treatment the endgame got and everything. Don't tweet out spoilers. Don't post spoilers. Message us. We're more than happy to discuss that. And we may not get to you immediately, but we will discuss with you. I promise. Um, And then, especially our rankings here, too. We love to hear from you. We just love how you all interact with us. We truly appreciate that so, so very much.
0: Create a group chat with us and we'll chat with you. John created one immediately last night. And I didn't want to say a bunch because I was like, I want to save these thoughts, too, for the podcast. Right. Now I can jump into that MFR and like, yeah. And we, we can go now. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, folks. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time for Matt Best is Just Forever. Thanks so much for listening to the
1: Triple P Podcast Preds, Pucks, and Pennoids. Bye. Bye.